Milt Stiegel from the CFL on TSN. Milt, welcome. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Very good, thanks. Um, I love a second-half rally. I love watching football and seeing things change. Uh, you know, this was Edmonton's game in the first half. Uh, you saw it also a week ago with Toronto and Ottawa. Great second half for the Argonauts. What goes into the comeback? Well, it, it's just the attitude. You know, when when you have some some guys who go out there and say, God, we have to make some adjustments. We have to make some changes. You know, uh, that was a win that BC had to have. Not saying that would have destroyed their season, but if they drop to two and five in the West, it's going to be tough to dig out of that hole. But the way they came out in that second half, and the offense played okay, but that defense was a story. You know, they came out and they held that high-powered offense, arguably uh, the best offense in the CFL, to three points and five first downs, and Mike Riley couldn't get going, and those big play receivers couldn't do anything. And I don't care what your defensive coordinator says to you, that's those players saying, okay, guys, we're going to go out here and make some plays and make sure we can win this game. So that was a big win for them uh, because they definitely needed it. Really, there's two parts to the comeback. There's what's set in the dressing room to get everybody on side, and then there's the execution, and both were uh, you know A-plus, right? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, Mark Washington, their defensive coordinator, he's been there for a while. He's been uh, he's been a player in the CFL for a long time and a defensive coordinator now for numerous years. So he's seen a lot. Uh, so he made those adjustments, but those players had to go out there and execute it. And that's exactly what they did. They were really confusing. Uh, uh, Mike Riley, uh, he couldn't make his reads. And the most important thing was those guys were putting pressure on him. We finally saw Sean Lemon and Odell Willis. And those guys up front put some pressure on Mike Riley. I don't care how great of a quarterback you are, how poised you are. When you're getting pressure in your face, when you're getting smacked in your mouth and hitting your chest numerous times, that's going to allow you or force you to make some bad plays. And they capitalized off of it and made some great plays and had some great turnovers and made some interceptions, allowing their team to come away with that victory. So I, I guess to go to the first half, Edmonton has all that success. What is that? Is that based on preparation? Obviously, there's execution always involved in any analysis. But but why did Edmonton have that lead going into the half? Well, it's a combination of things. I mean, they have some playmakers. You know, they have Duke Williams, who's having a great year. Darrell Walker, C.J. Gable, and of course Mike Riley. Uh, they executed. They did everything they needed to do. But it's like they almost came out in the second half and said, okay, we're going to keep doing what we're doing because it's working. And regardless of how much success you have, you have to make adjustments because you know the opposing team is going to make adjustments also. So I think that was part of the problem. And, and sometimes things just don't go your way. You know, that's the luck of the draw. It's, it's football. Those other t- guys are getting paid to make plays. And you saw what BC Lions did that second half. They came out and they made some plays. Well, and that's, that's like a CFL calling card. It, the league has a way of evening things out, doesn't it? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Regardless of how well things are going, eventually things are going to turn the other team's way. And if you can't uh, turn that tide back your way, you saw what happened last night, you're not going to come away with the victory. So it was a great game, uh, especially for the BC Lions. The way that game ended that second half, it was very exciting. And like you just mentioned, that's the calling card for the CFL. Uh, no lead is ever safe. You have to keep playing, keep your foot on the opposing team's throat, because if not, they'll definitely come back and win the game like the BC Lions did yesterday. So just three games this week. Tonight it's Hamilton and Winnipeg, um, and I am uh, really looking at this game with a lot of anticipation um, just because it's it's huge for both. Hamilton 3-4, and four, Winnipeg 4-3. and three. Um, The offense is, if, and it's a big ask, if you take Harris out, the running back obviously favors Winnipeg, but, but the pass offenses are eerily similar for me. Are they for you? 
Uh, they work. They work differently. You look at BC. I mean, you look at Hamilton, uh, and I like to call there and anybody who knows about the uh, Wizard of Oz. They have a bunch of lollipop kids. It's truly amazing what they're able to do with those receivers at their stature. You talk about Saunders. You talk about Tasker. You talk about Banks. Those guys are making incredible plays. And what Winnipeg Blue Bombers do, uh, Paul LaPolice, who's very innovative in his offensive calling, he has so many different parts. And if you take out Andrew Harris, they'll suffer, but I think they'll still be able to make plays because he utilizes everyone within that offensive scheme. You look at Dembski, the way he utilizes him. I call him Andrew Harris 2.0. They're moving guys all over the place. Uh, you talk about uh, Adams. You talk about those other guys getting involved in that offense. So I mean, he brings in Strebler, his backup quarterback. And you don't know what he's going to do with him. So they're very high-powered, high, high powered, but they're somewhat similar in their scheme. So it's going to be a chess match. Uh, between the offenses and the defenses because we have two high-powered offenses. So I think this is going to be the most exciting game of the weekend, uh, in my opinion. How would you rate their defenses? Well, since the last time these two teams played, uh, Winnipeg has been playing lights out. The last time they played was basically the last time they got scorched. And, of course, Matt Nichols wasn't playing in that game. Yeah. But since then, Winnipeg has been playing well. Hamilton, uh, they're a little up and down. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be missing Delvin Bro tonight. They're starting cornerback, who's an all-star, in my opinion. If he's out, that's going to hurt him. Their linebacking core, Simone Lawrence and Dean, those guys have been playing great. So uh, if Bro is out, that's going to hurt him. But I think regardless of how these defenses play, because these offenses are so great, it's going to be a game where I think we'll have a combined score between 60 and 70 points. Well, let's go to the uh, the final game of the weekend, Montreal and Ottawa, 8 o'clock on Saturday night. This is Johnny Menzel's second start. Um, anybody on the CFL and TSN panel nailed it? Anybody who played football nailed it, that he was going to struggle in his first game, and struggle he did. What are you expecting from him in his second game? Uh, honestly, I'm expecting a drastic improvement, and I know that's not saying much. I mean, for the way he played last week, that was pretty bad, and that was somewhat expected. I don't think it was expected he was going to play that bad. Or, you know, throw four interceptions in the first quarter. But the man had been there four days. He really didn't know the offense. But now I think they're going to use his skill set uh, to his advantage. And I talked to uh, offensive coordinator Kahari Jones. I know him well. We played together for five and a half years. And he's a perfect coordinator for someone like uh, uh, for Manziel. He's cool. He's calm. Uh, he doesn't get rattled about anything. So he's going to allow him to use his skill set because he's still – learning the CFL defenses. He's still learning that offense. So they got to somewhat allow him just to go out there and have some freelance opportunities to make plays. That's what he did when he had success uh, in college, when he had a little success with the Cleveland Browns. That's exactly what he did. So he tell, until he learns the nuances of the game, they just have to allow him to use his ability uh, and go out there and make some plays. Uh, based on what you've seen, and it's not much, I mean, what kind of a track is he on? You'd look for an improvement in each game, but when does he eventually get there? Well, to get there, it, it, it may not even happen this year. And to get there, he may need some different parts around him. Yeah. I mean, you look at this team as a whole, and they're pretty bad. Let's be honest about it. They've been bad uh, for two, three years now. They just don't have the parts there offensively, defensively, unless some guys just come out of nowhere and step up. Uh, it's going to take a lot for him to get there this year. I don't see that happening. But I can see improvement happening every single game, and that's just based on what he's going to be able to see, the training he's going to get, the teaching he's going to get. It's going to happen uh, eventually. When, I'm not sure, but like I said, I don't think it's going to happen this year because I don't think he has the parts around him. But the way he played last week, like I said, I think we'll see a drastic improvement. Will, they, will he play well enough for this team to win? 
Uh, if I was a bet man, I would say no. Reason being, they just don't have enough parts there to get the job done. Well, and they walk into an Ottawa team that's going to be really zipped off based on the loss against the Argos, so they're going to be upset. Without a doubt. But they can't allow what happened last week to affect them this week. They can't go in saying, okay, we have to redeem ourselves to what happened last week. Because you're playing against, you're still playing against professional athletes in the Montreal Alouettes. Those guys still get paid to play. They have some all-stars or former all-stars on that defense, a couple on that offense that can still make plays. So what happened last week, you can't allow that to affect you this week because I think it will hinder their performance if they start thinking about what happened last week. You leave the past in the past, and you can control what you can control, and that's uh, tomorrow's performance. You know, you have to love this league. There's Calgary at the top at 7-0 and Montreal at the bottom at 1-6, and but everybody else has a shot, don't they? Without a doubt, and, and it's good. When you only have nine teams, you want to have parity. You want to have as much parity as possible. Of course, the West is a lot stronger then the East has been that way for years, but you look at the last two Great Cup champions, both of the teams have come from the East. One team had a 99 record, the other team had, a, uh, I think, a 99 record also. So uh, you want that parity. Uh, it's looking like there's going to be four teams from the West in the, uh, in the playoffs again, but the thing is just getting into the playoffs and you never know what's going to happen. Calgary Stampeders, they dominated the regular season the last uh, three years, including this year, and you see the only thing they got out of it is uh, two great cup losses. So uh, it's good to have that parity. It's good to have high-scoring games, exciting games, uh, because that keeps the fans involved. So hopefully that continues going on throughout the year, throughout uh, the rest of the year. The Hamilton and Winnipeg game tonight, what do you think the TSN turning point is? Uh, I'm thinking it's going to be a special teams play. Hmm. Uh, you think about the return guys, you think about Falk for Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's a great returner. I'm hearing... Uh, uh, Brandon Banks, because of injury, maybe getting some returns in today. So I think a, a big return out of one of those guys, a missed field goal, punt return, kickoff return, will be the uh, turning point, the TSN turning point tonight. Milt, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Well, I, I got one problem, Jim. I know on the on, on our line it said that you were going to introduce me as a CFL analyst and also the prettiest guy in the CFL. Oh, I got to do that, so I just wanted to mention. I'm, I'm hurt by that right there. Wait a minute, really Let, uh, Mel, please, please accept my apology, ladies and gentlemen. Mel no, Stiegel. it's too late now. It's no, late. no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's right it's, in front of your face. <laughs> It's never too late, Mel. Come on. CFL and TSN analyst, prettiest man in football. There we go. I appreciate that. <laughs> you are you are really thorough. Thank you, Milt. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. All right. Prettiest man in football. There he goes. Milt Stiegel, 1050.ca and the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. All right, traffic's lighter, but it's still a grit grind home. You'll go baby monkey on that anyways. Lighten up your drive with Overdrive this afternoon at 4 on TSN 1050.